Lumo and Sarge. What is just deserved? Great finish. Your home of football. In the form that he's in, you can't give him the time. You've got to be in his face. Every goal, every game, every moment. Lumo and Sarge is on for a Wednesday evening. Um, I've got a bone to pick with you. And you've got no bones to pick with me, John Tisser. Always. Right, What's so you on? came in the other day. Yeah. And you know how I've always got um, a cheeky pair of those crop trousers? <laughs> yeah. I've had one of the girls come to me, and I, I've had some stick from him, but I asked it by him. Yep. I've had one of the girls come up to me and said, uh, Lumo came in today. Mm-hmm. Said uh, he's tried a pair of those crop trousers, likes them. Yeah. After you've been giving me stick from for the past, what? Three months. I've never gave you stick. I, I you think have. you rock it well. You know, if you can pull, if you can get away with it, you get away with it. I've just <laughs> kind of, I've jumped on that bandwagon. I've got some uh, some nice little uh, skinnies. I wouldn't say cropped, but skinnies. <laughs> I've went, I've went skinnies. Big fan, big fan of your work. Uh, Liverpool, obviously making headlines this week. Yep. No Brendan Rodgers anymore. Good decision, bad decision. What do we make of it? I think, I think bizarre decision. You know, I think uh, they've given him a lot of money. To spend to make the, the decision after what seven games, hmm. I think it should be made in the summer. You know, I think they've made a mistake there. So another manager comes in, he inherits a lot of players that he hasn't sourced, he hasn't brought to the club. Uh, I feel that creates issues amongst itself. If it's down to motivation, getting these, like you say, we we're spoken about Liverpool squad being a world class squad, uh, having the players they've got, the individuals they've got. If it's just about motivation, uh, have they been underachieving under Brendan Rodgers? Why is that? Because him is a motivator. But yeah, to, to give Brendan that amount of money is it three hundred million yeah. over over in these what his three three years that he served there? Uh, I think was it? I think it was eighty, just just short of eighty million, and that's not including the 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 free uh, arrivals of Milner and Ings. It just it's something that completely confuses me that well, you would, you th- you think that you'd invest off- in a manager with that amount of money and then make that decision to say goodbye after not too bad a start but yeah. you you know what I mean it's not they, they go out and uh, they get the the draw against Everton but they've, they've started not too bad you know it's surprising I'm well, confused about es- especially for me I mean Nobody can come off the back of a 6-1 defeat. Uh, no disrespect to Stoke City, but they're not Liverpool. They're not a Man City. They're not a Man United. They're not an Arsenal. They're not a Chelsea. No one can come off the back of that at the end of the season, finish where Liverpool finished, and keep the job for me in, today, in today's day and age where people are getting the sack as, as Brendan has this time. I mean, Dick Advocates, of course, left. Loads of people go for so much less, and they trusted in him. So you're completely agreeing with me that he should have... If they're going to make that decision, it should have been done in the summer. Yeah. I agree. I agree, but... They never. They stuck by him. He brought in some 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 very good players. James Milner, for me, <laughs> that's probably the signing of the, of the summer. You know what, what you're going to get as a player. Uh, but then to make that decision, there is a lot of negativity around the club. There has been a lot of pressures, but they were there. They were definitely there after the six-one defeat, the twenty-fourth of May. I don't so, think you could have gone round Anfield and said you're positive about next season, and people wouldn't have said, not a chance. Alright, I'd say it's obviously the, the right decision, wrong time then. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, a lot of people came to me and said, well, it was already made, the decision before the Everton game, regardless of the result, he was going to go. But not a chance. If Brendan Rodgers had won that game away at Goodison, a 2-1, a 3-1 win, even a 1-0, they could not have sacked him for that. No chance I think, was that. I think that's spot on. I think that's... If you if you had listened to, and I know you would, I know you did, listen to a few of the Brendan Rodgers press conferences yeah. before the game, and he's talking about... Uh, uh, an outside party yeah 
that for me. But if if he'd have won, surely the fans would have asked questions if they'd have got rid of you know the team's full of confidence. Then you go off the back of a winner at Goodison, your derby. And you go into an international break. You have that's two weeks the reason. Off. The international break. That's the reason why the change. So had regardless to come of out. that result, he would have got. I think that was. I think that was always going to be on the cards from the way that he was uh, I'm, being I'm perceived in his, his, his interviews. I just feel that the club needed that two week period to try and get someone in place, give them a little bit of time with the squad. And even though that's going to be difficult because internationals people are, uh, are away, so but they needed someone in place that it can all happen. So when these players come back from internationals, that they can they can kick on it, but it gives them some sort of time rather it just be you've got uh, three four days till the next game, which is great. I mean, it, it's probably worked out better than than the owners would have imagined for Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still sticking by. If, if he'd have won, he'd still be in a job. If if Liverpool had turned that around, that he'd, he'd still be. I'm standing by that. Well, we're back to the usual then of in disagreement. <laughs> then, we? But no, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, the owners whoever's coming into Liverpool are, are going to inherit a very good squad and not a bad position uh, and it's up to them then to progress as I say that's the, that's the objective Carlo Ancelotti has apparently said he's going to give it till the end of the season before he makes a return which literally only leaves one man doesn't it yeah Jurgen Klopp yeah yeah and uh the the funny thing there with Jurgen Klopp uh, that I've been doing a bit of reading about is that he likes to be the the man who makes the decisions now with the recruitment side at Liverpool uh, when they're uh, obviously sourcing their players and bringing them in uh, that has to be kind of done side by side with a manager surely he the manager will have his targets he'll then go to his scouting system go look look at the players. Uh, they come back with their opinion, their, their 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 view on them, and then it goes from there. But I don't think it kind of works works like that at Liverpool. Well, again, a lot of people are saying Klopp's the man, Klopp's this, that, and the other. He's passionate. Him and Liverpool will go hand in hand. Nobody seems to remember that year he almost got Dortmund relegated. Well, there you go. He's you had know. one good season. Yeah, and I, I I like the man. I think he's a typical old school English manager in some respects. Like the interviews I've seen with him, he says, "I don't care if it's." You know, if we lose five nil, if we win five nil, either way, I don't want to win by five goals to nil, and people not be coming off that pitch red in the face, sweating, and less than five kilometres run. Yeah. He's a proper old school man. Old makes school. his decisions. You run hard. There's players like James Miller who will work for him, as you've already touched on. But like I say, one good season. He's not proven. Well, he's getting touted as the best coach coming out of Germany. Yeah, and then you know, Franz Beckenbauer's coming on and saying he's one of the best coaches in Germany. Yep. He'll go hand in hand in Liverpool. It, it's one good season. Is it? Is it? Is, is it? A done? It's not a. It's not a definite because supposedly Guardiola, when uh, when he leaves uh, Munich in the summer, uh, he's Bayern, been lined up. To he's take been over. lined up to take over there. So there's nothing. I won't. <laughs> is he going to come in? Liverpool's a fantastic club, and in what we were discussing, the the best. Uh, uh, the best league in the world as down to the entertainment the entertainment mm. uh, but it is it's, he's, he's, if he does take over I feel that he'll get them he'll get them motivated to go out and, and, and achieve you know and progress but the quality is definitely there 
and it's a squad that works hard. I mean, we we touched on um, Danny Ings well, as well. It's a high press game that Brendan Rodgers plays anyway. Yeah. That's, that's it. He demands that. That's why the likes of Balotelli just Did never fitted in out. there. Danny Ings, that's what he does. He was top he's of, had top to of the do running, it. was he, last season? Yeah, but this is this is what you know what you're going to get, so he's perfect for that. But like you say, he got his goal. Uh, he got his goal for Liverpool. Fantastic performance, you know, and I think he, he rocked his uh, ankle early doors as well. That he, But, you know, it's it's one of the derby games. But like you say, I think Brendan Rodgers was already as uh, his fate was sealed before the match still not having it um, Danny Ings and James Milner turning out actually Brendan Rodgers best business was free transfers the money that he spent actually hasn't shown up for anything um, Joe Gomez was what 1.8 million from Charlton yep. um, James Milner free Danny Ings free obviously a bit of compensation but then you like to Roberto Firmino 20, was 29 million not worked out yep. Alberto Moreno was something about 14 million in and out not overly worked out and like we say Joe Gomez less than 2 million been showing him up early doors um, so almost the architect of his own downfall but still not overly taken by Klopp elsewhere though Frank De Boer also in the running um, see that that fits for me Frank De Boer you know yeah. I think uh, he's won what the last three three titles with Ajax uh, very accomplished manager fantastic player leader you know he he wouldn't really have to tinker so much to the way that Ajax style I've got to say is probably very similar to Liverpool they play the high pressing game it's all possession based game very similar to Brendan I would say you know and it's down to uh, that's what I mean I, I, I never got the fact I the way that Brendan comes across, I feel that he can motivate. You know, yeah. I I don't know. He's got the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just don't know what's been his downfall. You know, I think it's there's, there's, he he has spent a lot of the money, but the owners have gave him the money mm. to spend. You know, if there was an issue there and there was a argument about budgets and all that, then he wouldn't have had that and he's money not to spend. Unproven players. Yeah, that's the what I'm players saying. Players just haven't. Yeah, they've not delivered. You know, so then it must be down to uh, can he get the best? You know, you you speak about the likes of Alan Pardew, who can go to Newcastle. He achieved a lot uh, in very little time. He goes to Crystal Palace and he can get the best out of his players. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's where Brendan's weakness is. You know, for the amazing coach that he is. Um, one that's gone almost under the radar. Dick Avocat, of course, left Sunderland. As always, as well. to be fair, I'm, I'm, he should never have stayed. You know, he, he uh, delivered a miracle by keeping keeping keep, keep Sunderland up. He's actually uh, he's had uh, a few home domestics with with a wife because he stayed <laughs> in football. Help. So I'd, you, no one wants that. You know, it's like <laughs> he should have. Uh, he, yeah, he delivered. He came, done a job in very, very short time. He should have walked away, happy man. Whereas, to be fair, there was promises made to keep him, budgets promised that never materialised, and of course that's a, that's a hard battle. It's, it's shown you now with the, the managers that they've approached, and they're not interested in the job. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, like Sean Dyche. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's, it's a massive job, but you've got to remember, it's a fantastic, it's a huge club. It's got great support. If things go, and it's not a bad squad. If you look at the individuals there, they've got they've got well, again, some good they've signings. Got, they've got some quality there, but for whatever reason, it's like the players just aren't motivated. Mm. You know, and the way that he got them playing to stay up. You'd have thought, build on that. Yeah. Let them throw some money at it. You don't want to be in that position well, again, again especially this year, John. If, if it, the, this is the TV money hits at the end of the season, player, trust me, these teams, it's a business as well. These owners want need to need it to be the, the, the teams to still be in this league. So I can't believe they've not backed them with a bigger budget. But People say they he's, are. He's signed Jeremiah Lenz. He's signed Jan and Veer. Of course, they've got Defoe up top. They've signed Fabio Barini again. They've not. 
not supported him. They, he the board obviously realised that you know he's pulled a bit of a bit of a miracle off here, keeping us up. He's now fans' favourite. We can't get rid of. We can't let him go. They will have pushed to keep him. Of course, yeah. And they have thrown money at him, but it's not. For me, it's not an appealing job right now. I think, like like you, you said, think it's a, an appealing club. You think it's it's hard for them to attract the right players to a, to a club. It's a massive club, but I, I know uh, with a little bit of reading that I've been doing that Newcastle they find it also difficult to attract mm. a type of player because it's the north. It's the northeast. You know, it's you know. I mean, I'm from I'm from Scotland. It, it rains nearly every day. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it is. It's a different. It's not it's not London. It doesn't have the same attractions as you know the capital or but is that sport, a big issue? Especially Especially when you mention Newcastle, any any foreign football who's not overly clued up with English football and English football history will look at what Sunderland and Newcastle have to offer and will show them they've both got massive grounds, they've both embellished in rich history, especially Newcastle. I don't buy that that they find it difficult. Oh, I, I disagree just, with you, Johnny. I think there's more that comes to it just from being a player myself. You 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 moving your family here, there, and if the players are coming over with family, then that's a that's a priority as well. You know, I think they want they want the. That's why when I played in De- uh, Denmark and I played in Germany, all the players could go on about was London, mm. the attraction of London. That I, I, you know, for me, but okay, it's football. It made no sense. But you're a footballer. Yeah, but the attraction of London. You know, playing for a London club, it, it was it was a greater thing than playing for a Manchester club, or you know, it was it was bizarre because <laughs> it was in London. That was just that was the mindset the players were in. It was it was unbelievable. So the likes of Crystal Palace, Fulham, the the, the power, the pulling power they've got is they're based in London. And this is what all the uh, when I played in Denmark, it was massive. Oh, I want to go to London. I want to play for a club in London. I'm thinking. You know that there's Manchester, there's Birmingham, there's you know there's it was Liverpool, yeah there's Liverpool. There's it was London was the attraction, so that's why I think it's it's a little bit easier for these clubs to get the the that 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 set. Do you think players play? buy into um, board issues? So if if say oh, Sunderland no. bid for a player yeah. who's abroad in Italy, France, wherever, yeah, and they read up about Sunderland and look at Dick Advocat. And there has been rumours that promises haven't been kept, like you've mentioned, not enough mm-hmm. money perhaps sometimes, promises not quite being delivered. Would a player pay attention to that? Or uh, again, is it just the whole, I want to go where I want to go? Yeah, I, I don't think a player would pay attention. Though, though obviously, if a, if a club comes in, first and foremost, the contract, Yeah. then once you go and look at the club and like you say the, the stadiums speak for itself the support you know if you, if you go and witness a game that's probably where if teams if players were coming in, in in August early August and going to games it's not a great atmosphere straight away yeah. and that's you get a you get a big uh, you get a big kind of warning sign straight, a bit, straight away they're just even though there's fantastic fans and when they're on form amazing there's just a bit of negativity around both the uh, the clubs at the minute that uh, would definitely be a off-putting for, for players if they came and, and just kind of witnessed the atmosphere because I've always I've always found I mean QPR came up signed a lot of foreign players um, and teams when they do that almost diminish in some respects because they lose the actual attitude required in the Premier League and it's almost been the same that's happened at Sunderland they have signed a lot of foreign players do you think yeah. they need a, a big Sam to come in bring he'd Kevin Nolan perfect, with him he'd be the perfect manager perfect manager to uh, to come in and uh, you know what he's about Sam you know he's he's, he's, he's delivered although it's not been uh, he's not been uh, everyone the fans favourite yeah. at, at a lot of places you know but 
the way that he uh, the stick that he uh, he received when he was manager at Newcastle there's one picture in my head where he's he's actually uh, in his in his area and there's so many fans behind him and you can see them just giving him such stick it'd be it'd be unbelievable if he I think there's a, there's a, the game's coming up isn't it the, yeah. the derby as yeah. well if they got Big Salmon I think that he's, he's the right man it. to lead them forward yeah 100% because a lot I mean you look at a lot of clubs who actually end up staying up and becoming a mid-table this that and the other tend to have a good British spine in terms of if you look at your West Ham 100%. before they've evolved into now this ball playing team yep. under Slavan Bilic and you think of Kevin Nolan Mark Noble big Andy Carroll up top Does it, do you think that Sunderland need to take it back to that simplicity? I think it is, yeah. That, like you said, that that, that having that uh, that that tough underbelly, you know, the, the the like you say that that English spine that they can just go out there. It's, it's massive, but they've got they've got some they've got quality there. They just need the right man to be leading it, who believes in the in the job that they're doing. Another manager we've we've mentioned Alan Pardew at Crystal Palace, architect of their renaissance in some respects. Massive signing, Johan Kabay. Um Someone mentioned him as England's next manager. Not got it for me. Thoughts? Well, I've I've played under parts, you know, and you know, I think, uh, yeah, good good man manager. You know, he's all about the, the the team, the dressing room. Uh, yeah, well, he's he's very confident in his own ability. He's a very confident character. So is Nigel Pearson. You know, uh, yeah, I played with <laughs> Nigel as well. You know, this is you know, I mean, I've had a, <laughs> I don't think we've got long enough to go through all the people that have. Uh, but Nigel was was another one, a great, a great man. I uh, I've got a lot of time for. We still speak regularly, you know. So uh, he'd be another one that would be uh, in line for 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 these clubs, you know, uh, as manager. But uh, yeah, next England manager, Alan Pardew. Doesn't it doesn't just doesn't ring right for me? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't have any. Uh, Would you not go foreign again? Yeah, I think, I think it's I think Unless it's important. It's I think it's important to have a, an English manager, although you know, I think uh, that's this is what the the England were crying out for when when Hodgson got appointed. And to be fair, he's he's not really delivered, has he? So. No. So, yeah, I think it was one of the things Alex Ferguson said about uh, he would never take the job on just because the expectation that comes with it. You know? th- I mean, sure, Harry Redknapp's never going to be back in the fold. Unless he gets another decent job and turns it around and then goes on to a bigger club, e.g. a top six again, like he was with, with Spurs, he's not going to be back in the fold for some time. So you're talking... For me, you are talking foreign managers again. Alan Pardew's not got... To, to revitalise England you need to revitalise the nation and you need the fans as well as the players on the pitch you forget yep. the golden generation of, of 06 Gerard Lamps Beckham so what you don't think Alan Pardew's late by the nation or I, I, just, I just don't think he'd, he'd fans across the country now irregardless of who they support what nationality they are everyone has this vision of football of yep. being possession based fluid yep. Flexible formations, four-two-three-one with inside forwards who can cut in and dribble past players, and people making runs off off the ball. And Alan Pardew is a Tony Pulis, is a Big Sam, is a we're going to work hard, grind our teeth, sit back, and then counter attack. We're going to get eight men behind the yeah, ball. But this when is, we Alan Pardew does this because of the the players that he has at his disposal. Whereas so there you go, got he's, an, he's not worked he's, with but, what, big players. But this is what I mean, though. But when he does work with big players, do you not think that he'll have that? Well, what big players has he worked with? No, but when he does, if he if he got the England job, and he's got that, I just qu- don't think you could make that leap. Oof. 
I don't know. I, I, I disagree with you there. I think he would be able to get the best out of them in that short time that he has them for. But it's all about motivation and going out there, and, and that's something that England have. have so could have, you see? Feel that if you could see Alan Pardew in the England seat, could you see him in the Chelsea seat? Could you see him at Man United? See, this is this is Managing where I hear your argument, Diego, you know, because Costa. I, you can't really see him in that position, you know. But like you say, so you're saying the next manager of England's going to be a, a foreigner, then? Not necessarily. I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in a period of time. But people do have this perception of football being a fluid game, this, that, and the other, and that is based around Spain and and Italy. And for me, there's no big enough coaches anymore who are coming out of England. Whether it's the whole argument of English managers getting the chance, X, Y, Z, um, but there's nobody at a big enough level who are English who could then take over into into the English hot seat. Yeah, but then, then, then there's never going to be because these all these big foreign clubs, or I mean, sorry, these big English clubs, they're they're not going to bring a English manager through because I they're just bringing think if, this. If they're good enough, then they'll get the job, and therefore, there's. I, well, I don't think there ever should have been. There should be, or that if there ever is prejudice in football. So there's Josie Mourinho at Chelsea. Yeah. There's Van Gaal at United. Yeah, you know, uh, so. Talk to me. When, 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 when is a English manager going to get a chance at one of these? David Moyes came in at Man United and, and never lasted well. the season. I mean, you, you look. We've just we've mentioned about Liverpool. Frank de Boer's on option on on offer, of course. Jurgen Klopp, Carlo Ancelotti. It's these sort of managers who are, who have got a bit of um, bit more experience at a higher level who will correspond to national level. Whereas your likes of Pardew, Nigel Pearson, Tony Pulis, Sam Allardyce. They've not got experience of dealing with the likes of Wayne Rooney and big egos, Gary Cale, John Terry. Could they Could they be the man to bring him back into the fold? Yeah. I don't think they could. And I don't think they've got enough about them which would excite me as an England fan that would then really... It's, it's like anything. If, if you can take prime ministers of, of countries, for, for an example, if you can look at somebody and if he can motivate a country, he can motivate a football team. And he can get the nation back behind English football, back into the place it needs to be. And I just don't think Pards or anyone at that sort of standard has got it in. No, well, I hear that and, and understand your argument there. Yeah, I do. I do. I know what you're saying. I know where you're coming from. Which brings us on to international break. Come on, the Scotland. <laughs> you fancy him to yeah, pull fancy it through? Him. I think... Uh, Tomorrow's tomorrow's uh, obviously the the game's massive. You know, I think uh, Poland. Yeah, you got to win. There's no other way about it. We've got to take six points at the next two games. I don't think Ireland a draw won't be enough. Uh, uh, Ireland need to win one of the games. And they've got uh, Germany at home and Poland away, and then it's uh, so it's down to us. Poland game's massive. We've got to give everything into that. I know there's no games in football, but Gibraltar uh, home or away is the closest thing you're going to get to a game. You know, so if I've given myself the kiss of death there, I have complete faith in the in the in the national side to go out and deliver. But Poland's one for me. We we, we drew uh, we drew two two. At in Poland, we probably yeah we created they they one nil up they went we got two one up, and they kind of came back into it. But like you say, that's a massive one for me. If we can go out there get a win there, I think third place is ours. And Germany, I mean, you mentioned there's no gimmies. Gibraltar at one end, Germany arguably at the other. There's no better side, is there? I mean, Spain you've seen have been there, done it a couple of times, yep. dwindled. Germany 
seem to be able to reproduce, reproduce, reproduce and stay. There's no pushing Germany out of the way. I mean, you, you start with Manuel Neuer, best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. You start with Philip Lahm, arguably one of the best right-backs yeah. in the world. You're talking Jerome Boateng, obviously didn't make it in, in English football, out in out for, for Bayern Munich, second to none in, in Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, you talk Thomas Muller. The, every single player in Germany's side is worth at least 50 million in today's market. Yeah, I totally agree. World-class players that have delivered at that level, and that's the difference. You know, they, uh, you know, like you look at these players and they've played with each other a long, long time. But they've won things, they've won tournaments, uh, they've had that experience, and I just feel that's where a lot of the other national sides and even club sides, you know, I think uh, uh, are lacking. You know, I think you look at the the Munich side. You know, it's a lot of the, the a lot of quality, but world class, proper world class players. Mario like Goethe, twenty. That's scary 24. thing. They're there, they're there, and they're going to be there for a while. You know, but uh, I'm hoping that they go and they they kind of basically teach Ireland a, a lesson in football. Ireland <laughs> uh, are, are five or six goals in front of Scotland at the minute, and uh, the goal difference is uh, well, it, it shouldn't really come into it, but it'll make it all the sweeter. And Wales, um, I remember looking through this a couple of weeks ago, could go second in world rankings. If things go their way, if certain results over the next period of time, because they play um, more qualifiers and more friendlies than a couple of other teams, could actually go second in world football. Does that show flaws in the system for you? It's been a fantastic... uh it's been a fantastic time for all home nations if I'm being honest you know I think Wales they are uh, another young squad but have a lot of football minutes of experience in the squad they've got they've got quality there the way they go about business you know and uh, no they you know it's I'm, I'm delighted you know I think you look at Northern Ireland as well sitting top of the table needing a I think it's a point isn't it you yeah. know it's, it's it's brilliant England already job done isn't done it dusted. so basically it's uh, it's uh, Scotland just need to kind of pull the finger out and uh, hope uh, Ireland slip up Ireland four points in front at the minute but uh, no it's, it's it's fantastic for all home nations it'd be amazing if if, if, if we could all qualify score prediction Scotland uh, it's going to be a tight one so I'm going to go uh, go 1-0 2-1 Scotland yeah Yep. Steady. We'll see what happens. Uh, more next week. Lumo and Sarge returns next weekend ahead of a uh, weekend of Premier League football following the international break.